This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Hello and welcome to the E-Commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters from Bobsled Marketing. And today I'm really pleased to be joined by a friend and person who's very inspiring to me on LinkedIn with his analysis of e-commerce events. And that is Todd Hassenfeld from Simple Mills. Todd is the Senior Director of E-Commerce at Simple Mills and has versatile experience with leadership roles in both brick and mortar and e-commerce channels and being a key contributor on both sales and marketing teams, depending on company needs. He has brand experience at large corporations and startups while growing both challenger and established brands. Todd is a curious learner and is currently at Simple Mills on the e-commerce team with Gina Lee. Simple Mills is a high-growth, female-founded health and wellness food brand in the crackers, cookies, baking mixes, and soft-baked bars categories. You can check them out at simplemills.com. So again, I'm, I'm really happy to speak with Todd today. He's someone who is certainly able to get things done within a company, both large and small. And in this conversation, you'll be able to see why. Todd talks about managing up internal stakeholder engagement, and his continuous learning journey. He's someone who really inspires me with his love of learning and having his finger on the pulse of e-commerce and retail trends and continually serving up his insights into what current events mean, something I'm a big fan of. So I took away more than a few notes for myself with this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Todd. Thanks. It's an honor to be here, part of this podcast. It's one that I've learned from over the years. Appreciate everything you do, Kiri, you know, whether it's this podcast, Forbes, Bobsled Marketing. It's just great to help the e-commerce community and really the business community. So thank you for all you do. Yeah, I appreciate that. And right, right back at you, you're always out there sharing yourself, your experience in the trenches on the brand side. And that's why I wanted to have you on the show. So it's going to be a win-win for both of us. Tell us about the trajectory of your e-commerce career. Yeah, I'm really grateful to my first e-commerce hiring manager, Matt Goodson. He needed someone. He was running an Amazon business by himself, a very large business with over a thousand ASINs. And he needed you know headcount that he was approved and needed someone to come in that could really jump right in. And so what did he do? He hired me with no e-commerce experience, but a lot of brick and mortar experience. So forever grateful and maybe not as big of a transition. I I know you went from commercial banker at JP Morgan Chase to e-commerce, which is even more impressive. But I think that earning that role with him really, I'm a curious learner as it is anyways, but I really knew I had to learn fast pick up on Amazon, pick up on e-commerce, and make sure I could contribute to both the team and the company right away. But I also leveraged how I convinced them to hire me was that that long brick and mortar experience that I had with, you know, Sam's Clubs, Walmarts, Kmarts, et cetera, 7-Elevens would help translate e-com to, you know, the known brick and mortar language internally to help build our advocates. So I think that was a big part of it and has been beneficial overall, you know, in my development. I really looked at it as like starting on e-commerce. It's, you know, everyone says hands on the keyboard, but it's also eyes on the screen. 
and seeing things like the consumer does and asking questions. How can we get better? How can we connect? Why do we do this or what's working best? And so I think, you know, being just involved in the site as I was there of diving into Amazon, looking at our product detail pages, seeing things like a consumer really helped build that kind of foundation. And then the other thing was building advocates. You know, right away it was like, okay, I'm the new guy here at the company, new to e-commerce. How can I build advocates within the organization? And I think we'll talk about later kind of you know how that works as you get you know longer in a company. But one of the first advocates and teams I went to visit was our you know customer service and ops team. You know, ops is really the e-com or is the heartbeat of any e-commerce organization. And went to you know ask questions of them. And with really every group that I did ask them questions like, what has, you know, what has e-commerce helped you achieve? What are some things you don't know about e-commerce that you want to learn? You know, what are some things that I can do or my team on e-commerce can do to help your department? And I think that sets the tone to show that you're willing to learn and you're willing to partner with them. You know, I think I brought these learnings then to Simple Mills from my last stop and where it was not just working on Amazon, a large Amazon business, but really all sites. And I had to do that during a pandemic. I started last April. And so I didn't have a normal kind of, you know, observe, learn and and make some recommendations. Had to dive in because I knew we had consumers looking at our pages, looking for product, and we might not get that kind of experience again. So, you know, really embrace what I've been doing for a long time is follow the consumer. And where were they going? Old data wasn't going to work or old kind of standbys working to work. So I think that you know, within the trajectory of my e-com career, following the consumer has helped. And I think Instacart's a great example. While I did not have Instacart at my last stop, big part of what we do here at Simple Mills, but as we are all learning, had to really ask a lot of questions, un, you know, educate our internal team on why Instacart was now such a big player and needed a lot of funding. So how did we place bets and test and learn so that we could accrue more funding as the year went on and have the success? And thankfully, it came to a point of that learning with my e-com career, was lucky enough to contribute to you, you know, for the book that you and Stefan wrote with Instacart for CMOs. So really proud of that. And I think the key thing is, you know, just continue to learn, think like a consumer, and be able to translate brick and mortar and e-commerce for people inside the organization. Yeah, what a journey. There's a bunch of things that stuck out to me there. One is something that you said in a LinkedIn post a few weeks ago, which is that e-commerce professionals need to both be a leader, evangelizing and educating internally, and a learner, keeping up with new info, with tactics. I guess you've sort of explained some of the things that you did there. I'm curious to learn what does it look like to educate your internal team without telling, especially senior people, how to suck eggs? That's definitely not a quote I would go, <laughs> that I've used. So, but no, I, I get the point. It's a funny. I think you have to be you have to be patient and you have to be humble, right? And I think that leader and learner phrase. It's actually something I use with my oldest son who's in kindergarten to make sure that he understands it's okay to be both, right? A leader and a learner. You don't want to get so far down one path that you don't do the other. So he knows every day now that that question is coming and he'll tell me which classes he was a leader and which ones he's a learner. How you do that internally is really the leader side of it is inspiring, you know, executing current initiatives and helping others no matter where they are in their journey. And I think the best example is 
no matter how you're teaching, it's going to take time for different people at different stages. And I think the most common way to know that you're making an impact is when a senior leader comes to your office or calls you on Zoom now and says, hey, do you have 30 minutes to teach me e-commerce? Now, we all know that 30 minutes is not going to be able to educate everything on e-commerce, but it's a great starting point to have that conversation to see where him or her's head is at on what they want to get out of e-commerce, what their perceptions have been. So you can then relate information to them and you can best do that as a leader if you've built up a catalog of information. And, and I say like a catalog because I'll take advantage of things within organizations like a OneDrive, Dropbox, whatever. And just as I see insightful articles, you know, every every day when I look for things in the mornings, I'll put these in different folders, right? And I have about 70 different folders on different topics. So if someone says, hey, tell me more about online grocery or tell me more about social commerce or tell me more about this micro-fulfillment thing, you can relate then some really key articles. And as a follow-up to that 30-minute Teach Me e-commerce conversation, you can then have, here's some articles to learn about, but then also don't assume they're going to maybe read the whole thing. Put some key things in the email, like how does this impact the company in, in a couple bullet points or the Chris Perry, great example of what, now, what, so what, right? And really kind of condense it. So it's not just giving the information, it's providing context to it. And so I, I think the key there, not my phrase, but, you know, be an expert without having expertitis. You know, don't get so immersed in the brand or the patterns of everything or e-commerce that you forget how to connect with colleagues or consumers that are kind of looking at things in a new way. The mm. learner side of it comes to that is how do you stay humble and hungry to not feel that you know everything e-commerce, right? No one knows everything about e-commerce. It's constantly changing. You constantly have to keep not have blinders on and keep learning for new ways of looking at things. So I think the learner part is to make sure that you don't get too caught up on your expert, what you do know, and be okay, again, with kind of asking questions of how do I learn more? And I think the last thing, being both a leader and a learner, I've been, yeah, I've had the great benefit of being surrounded with great teams. At my last spot, you know, my boss ended up getting promoted, went and took over our EMEA business. I was able to build a great team. And I think as you look at that, you want to look for people that are leaders and learners too, that do they have a growth mindset? And a great question to ask in an interview is, how do you learn? One, you get a perspective from them on how they do learn. Are they active learners? And you can also maybe pick up some different ways, you know, different sites or different things that they're using that you may not. So I've been lucky enough with people like Drew and Ian and Ashley and Rini and Gina on my teams. They're all from different backgrounds in terms of their educational majors, but they all had the common goal of, you know, growth mindset and think like a consumer. So I think that's kind of the leader and learner phase that allows you to be humble, but yet respected as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. I love those examples. And what I meant by my question was, especially in a category like you're in, where, where there's been sort of more, more of a historical reliance on brick and mortar retail, e-commerce is still, relatively speaking, the new kid on the block. And I guess in some organizations, people might be a little threatened by the, the shift that's happening and a little defensive of it. So how would you suggest people approach that kind of situation if they're still seeing some internal battle lines drawn? Yeah, no, and, and that does happen. Again, I think it's staying humble and consistent with that 
your approach to things will always be this, you know, kind of leader and learner. But when you have those objections, objections are great because at least that means they're engaged, right? If you're getting the silent treatment, you may not have a chance to get through. But if you understand what those objections are, even from senior leadership, you can start to address them. Mm. And I think a couple of the keys for doing that is one, relate it back to the consumer, because this should not be looked at as e-commerce versus brick and mortar, or what is the shift in getting caught up in that? If you follow the consumer and say the consumer is order, ordering product both on a screen and in the store on a physical shelf, how are we going to win in both places? I think that's you know one key way is get that mindset to follow the consumer. The other part is, especially when looking at spend like for an Amazon search or an Instacart search, you have to change the mindset that this isn't just bottom of funnel, right? This isn't just all transactional. And not that brick and mortar doesn't have transactional either, right? A truckload deal is not really brand building necessarily. It's transactional too. But again, if you can translate these things so and show that it can be top of funnel and brand awareness and show some data, you know, Kiri, you and the bobsled team do a great job of providing data points to help with internal sales broaden the picture so that this isn't just Amazon spend or Instacart spend or whatever you know retailer you're talking about. How does this help the overall consumer? There's enough data points on there on you know what about 38% of consumers will look on a product detail page while in a store. The importance of reviews, the importance of content, not just when they're buying online, but also when they're buying in store. And I think again, going back to Instacart, that has been a great catalyst to connect teams, whether marketing and sales, finance and ops, on how this all kind of works together. If you don't care who gets the credit, you can really move faster and get a lot of things done. I think the other part then too, when you're kind of talking to senior leadership is you know, doing that translation I talked about earlier. What is a sponsored brand versus a sponsored product? So if you equate sponsored product to like an end cap and a sponsored brand to maybe a banner in a window, and retargeting to like a billboard. Now you can kind of conceptualize it. And don't be afraid. I've done this with a board where we've pulled up a giant screen and showed Amazon or different sites and what this looks like. This is what a sponsored product is. Here's a headline. And you know it's a balance of not getting too granular, but sometimes visual examples really help. And when you kind of explain it that way and broaden the perspective, and when also your team and you are not just thinking about the e-commerce goals, but the broader company goals, using data and reviews to maybe find opportunities for innovation, finding ways to save finance money with different initiatives and especially helping ops with like chargeback recouping and then preventing chargebacks. As you think about it as an e-commerce leader, don't just focus on your e-commerce goals, focus on the company goals and that then will help you get you know, buy-in from senior leadership and boards. Really great advice. I see you out there on LinkedIn, especially sharing your own learnings and insights. What are the capabilities and skills that successful e-commerce practitioners need to be developing to both lead and learn? Yeah, I think if you have the mindset that the best way to learn sometimes is to teach, it kind of changes like if you're reading something or listening to a podcast, it's not just you know, consuming it and, and listening to it once or maybe, okay, I got that. If you can explain it to other people in a way that is taking the complex and makes it simple, then you're, you're getting somewhere. So I think you know, a key thing to this is 
you know, <laughs> sound like I'm talking to my kids with screen time, but allocate your own screen time to help you grow. You know, like at Simple Mills, we talk about nutrient dense ingredients that really, you know, help work for you harder. Same thing with your screen time. Use sites that help you learn, connect with more people, broaden your perspective versus maybe ones that are more mindless scrolling and don't really advance your learning. I think you know, everyone is short on time. So how do you really have you know, kind of this quote unquote nutrient dense information that you're consuming so that you can grow? And why that's important, the more kind of info or insights or case studies from others or data that you have in your head, whether you don't apply it immediately, it'll give you a better chance to have solutions or ideas for the whole company to think of really creative ways of doing test and learns that help the company. And I think that allows you to either anticipate problems or issues, or when they come up for the company, it allows you to have a solution that, again, you can maybe test and learn just because you have broader perspective and you weren't just honed in on e-commerce or one thing. I think the other thing you have to do is as you learn and, and kind of seek out information is see things from others' point of view, right? So you can learn enough about ops, finance, sales or marketing, depending what side you're on, legal, innovation, so you can speak their language well enough to connect better with more teams and really find you know people within those teams to kind of be an advocate for e-commerce for you. I think when you're talking to non-e-commerce teams, let's say, you know, ask those questions. Like I said, you know, what has helped you? What do you want to help you in e-commerce? Because the sharing of the learnings will one. There's a lot of people out there, whether it's within your company or not, that maybe are looking for a way to learn without having others, you know, saying, oh, I, I had to ask all these questions. Hmm. So then they'll either private message you and say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? Or jump, can we jump on a call? I have a problem at my company. I saw you post about. And I just really like, you know, I thank my mom and dad for a great upbringing, but I really like helping people. Hmm. And sometimes it's not, it's the posts are not for the broad masses necessarily, although they can be just because of social media and how it works. But I really are the ones where I like where someone I don't know comes up to me or, you know, you know, not comes up to me now, but, you know, in will private message you and say, hey, can we jump on a call? I just saw something you post, about. I want to pick your brain and I'm trying to learn something. Or even internally, you know, I've had this where relationships have evolved from I'm skeptical of e-commerce to I've been kind of watching your feed or I see what you post in Yammer or those, those e-commerce channels you created in Slack. I, I joined, right? And that's a way for you to know how many people you're building internally. But then they, they see like, okay, can we talk about this? Like if you put enough out there, one, you're teaching yourself, but two, you're also opening yourself up to connect with more people depending on what's important to them. This would be a great retake of how to win friends and influence people, Todd. You've got a great system down. I'm, I'm, well, taking, notes. Was, I'm well, taking notes. I, I don't know if I'm at that level, but I just try my hardest, right? And yeah. try to connect with people. Like I like to learn and like to help. So it's a good foundation. Yeah, no, I think it's great. And all those, all that good karma that you're paying forward by giving advice and jumping on calls and trying to be helpful it definitely, it definitely pays off. And especially in the space that we're in now where there is, we we're just talking about it before we started recording, there's a, there's a huge need for e-commerce professionals out there and a lot of demand for this skill set. So it's a great time to be learning and a great time to be leading. It is. And listen, it's not always easy, right? I mean, you're, you're going to have 
professional friction. You're going to have maybe people that aren't used to maybe not just e-commerce, but using data in general, right? Again, not my term, but you know, a lot of people may use me search or the, you know, the opinion of one. And, you know, so I think again, being consistent with data and the ability to test and learn. And, you know, the other part with test and learn, it's okay to fail, right? And and it's actually better to admit when you do fail and be honest about it, because again, that will build more trust than if you try to pretend everything's perfect, right? We all know an Amazon review that has all five stars and every review is perfect. That's all fake, right? So don't don't look at e-commerce and with you know as you educate internally that everything has to be perfect. It's okay to show that you're learning and that some mm. things didn't work. Don't make the mistake twice, obviously, but I think it's okay to show that vulnerability and then pivot quickly. Here's what we learned from it, right? We're going to get better. Just, you know, I have an athletic background and I think it's that mentality that coaches always drilled into my head is one, there's always someone better than you out there. And if you don't get better, and you stay the same, you're, you're actually getting worse because there's others out there improving. So, you know, when you talk to senior leaders, you talk to others that are maybe not as, you know, not as connected to e-commerce, be honest with what's working and what's not, because that will give you more credibility and trust within your organization. Yeah, absolutely. What are some skills that you've learned along the way? Because what's great is that you came from brick and mortar background as well. What skills do you think you have that are underrated by other people? You know, I think it shouldn't be underrated, but I find it is, is experiencing things like a consumer, right? In the online world, that's content. And there's still such opportunities in a lot of categories, but especially in grocery where I'm at with Simple Mills, you know, thankfully we have great products and great feature and benefits and we're you know able to come in and update our content, but you have to constantly, it's not done once, right? So I think mm-hmm. looking at it from a consumer's point of view and, and where did I learn that? Well, a couple of different things is, yeah, I, I used to do fast food way back in the day, and I worked at Hardee's, which is kind of a you know smaller version of Burger King or McDonald's here in the states. But when Hardee's transitioned to Wendy's, I went out and looked at the the menu board at the drive through, and the manager was like, "What are you doing? Are you just trying to be outside getting some fresh air?" I'm like, "No, like I'm maybe working drive through, and as consumer, you know, as, as a customer comes through here, I want to see how they're seeing it. So when they ask questions, I know what they're referring to. If I never go look at this board," I don't know what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. And while that's a small fast food example, you know, it led to then the manager having all the employees go out and look at it. But it's the same thing with e-commerce is looking at your screens and again, not not assuming it's good because you did it once. Or, you know, I think exploring when you're looking at screens is really important, whether it's your competitors, whether it's just looking at sites and how they operate, because there are so many changes. Again, if you have this expertitis and, oh, yeah, I've been doing Amazon for five years, I got it. You're going to miss new things, right? And new nuances, yeah. whether they do with Amazon Post or Amazon Stores or anything like that. Or so even I think things you know, that like slowly creep up on you, like the percentage of views on Amazon that occur on a mobile device is really high. And now there's more purchases on mobile, during, particularly during big sales events like Prime Day and Cyber Monday. More purchases happen on mobile devices than desktop. But we sit at our desktop and do product content. We don't often pull out our mobile phones and think about it from that perspective that a shopper is likely, you know, that's how they're using the site these days. Exactly. And even voice, right? It, mm. it, voice will become huge one day, right? And all of our predictions will be right. But I think even voice, when you talk reviews, 
you know, Alexa now will ask you for a review randomly, like you just out of nowhere, like, oh, you just bought this product. Would you like to review it? And so I think not only is it like experiencing things on screens as the consumer, but also with your retail partners, right? Try to sign up as many memberships as you can, if it's that's the format, or shop their sites, shop their stores, experience now curbside, experience at-home delivery. I think I might be one of the few people that got, I'm in. I'm not in a GoPuff 30-minute delivery area, but I was able to get two-day shipping from them, and then they cut it off. So yeah. I, I know it was a brief program. So I might be one of the few people that actually got a two-day shipment via GoPuff. Ruins, ruins the- I know. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was me. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, luckily, Simple Mills got on GoPuff for a test here after that. So I, I don't think they hold it against me. But yeah, it was, it was kind of amazing. I was like, oh, well, that, that was quick. But I think that mentality, though, is, again... Not only does that help you with the consumer to try all these different ones. So, you know, we'll go curbside different places. We'll do delivery from a number of different places. Don't get into a rut where you're doing the same thing all the time. But then you can also ask your retail partners different ways of connecting. And whether it's for a negotiation or whether it's for a beta, right? Like Mm -hmm. how can, especially for a brand like us at Simple Mills being smaller, how can we outcompete the competition? You know, a lot of it is data and, and we work on first party data initiatives. Can we also work on getting into an early beta with different accounts and just, you know, again, going back to the test and learn mentality, but if you don't experience their site, their services in the way the consumer does, you might miss it. And then by the time it's popular, Mm -hmm. it's pretty expensive. Yeah. 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 You know, a couple other things just internally, you know, about educating, you know, this is all levels, but, you know, really gamify it. You know, I like doing things on Slack where I put kind of, you know, because sometimes reading an email, <laughs> reading a post even is too much for some people, right? But if you can put a pop quiz or did you know in something fun where people can kind of guess and have it maybe related to a you know, topic that's hot in that week or that day, or even just put some fun ones in there that have nothing to do with e-commerce, but it's a different way of connecting maybe people that may not you know, want to read something or even go on and listen to a webinar that you do internally. So I think that gamification is an interesting way of maybe connecting with others, you know, if others out there are having trouble educating internally. And then I think the other part is comparisons really work. I think, and this isn't just e-commerce, but it, it can be in e-commerce because it's so so new for people or there's not a lot of, you know, you know, historical knowledge, let's say. So if you're presenting options of trying to get investment or, you know, activation or just, you know, more resources, whatever it may be, you know, have your option that you want, but then have one or two worse options. And that way, your one option is not a yes or no proposition. You may have a better chance. And there are some studies that have been done on this that prove it works. But there are, if you have your option plus two worse ones, now your one option looks really good. And maybe you do get what you wanted there. You do get that yes, you do get that funding. And again, nothing to be malicious or, you know, misleading anyone. But one of those options can be the cost of doing nothing, right? Mm. And and that can be more expensive than investing in whatever you're trying to pitch internally. So I think, you know, internally, like the gamification and the comparison, you know, selling in essence internally are two key things that I am surprised maybe aren't done more. Yeah, those are great, really great tips. Todd, this has been really insightful and I really appreciate your viewpoints you're often giving me giving me tips of what you're seeing on various channels and being really generous with your 
learnings and your analysis of, of things as well, including, like you said, how does this impact the company? It's all well and good to read about you know, the labor union protests at Amazon, but what does that mean for us? And putting that in context for people that you're needing to advise. So appreciate you coming on the show. No, thank you. I mean, it's all about sharing the credit and the information, right? Even if you have to ghostwrite things for people, if you build the community more and build those advocates, you know, whether it's internal or external, I just think that helps the overall e-commerce process. And end of the day, it helps consumers and brands too. So I appreciate being on the show. This has been a great experience. And thank you for all you do educating people out there as well. Cheers, Todd. If people want to connect with you and, and keep learning from you, where's the best place to do that? LinkedIn is the best. It's where I'm the most active. And I always feel free, like I said, private message me. I'll, I'll jump on a call or you know have a text string with you or whatever. However I can help, if I can help. And if I can't, I'll tell you, I, I'm not the great person, but maybe I know someone else through you know connections that can help you in whatever topic it may be. All right, Todd, I'll see you around on LinkedIn. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, Gary. Take care.